Hello and welcome to a special bonus episode of Neither the Time Nor the Space, a podcast about Doctor Who. My name is Matt. I'm not joined by David today as during my free time I have decided to committing to playing the Doctor Who adventure games, the video games featuring Matt Smith's incarnation of the Doctor. Um, I don't really know anything about them. Uh, David and I have been threatening one another with playing them for a while. Um, I managed to find a perfectly legal copy of the games on the internet. So I'm going to sit down and play the first chapter now, depending how I get on. Hopefully this won't be one of those episodes where I wind up playing all the different chapters in one sitting. I'm going to try and spread them out. And much like with my review of class, just give you a little insight, little opinion on each episode. So the first episode I'm going to be playing is titled City of the Daleks, written by Phil Ford and released on the 5th of June 2010. So initially these games were free downloads from the BBC's official Doctor Who website. Um, over time I think they were taken down and as I say I've had to go through a perfectly legal means to find and download these. So it suggests that each episode takes about an hour to complete. Hopefully I'll be able to stick to that kind of time frame and be back with you soon with my thoughts on episode one city of the daleks okay so the estimation that it was going to take me about an hour to complete that game was pretty much spot on um, i've played it through to completion so i'm going to talk you through the plot and my thoughts on that first chapter uh, City of the Daleks. So it begins with Matt Smith and Karen Gillan voicing their characters of the Doctor and Amy. I was a little bit surprised that we had them voicing the characters but they do a pretty good job. Um, it's not perfect but by no means is it absolutely dreadful. So the Doctor and Amy, 1963, planning to go see the Beatles. When they arrive, London's in ruins and we meet the last survivor of mankind, Sylvia. Now, you'd think she'd be a key component of this game. She dies almost instantly. Um, I did like that we had a full title sequence. So, as if this were an episode of Doctor Who. That was pretty good. Um, I have made a quick note to say that the absolute worst thing about this game are the controls. Um, so... I used mouse and keyboard, look around by moving the mouse, and you move forward by clicking the right mouse button, which just felt awkward throughout, and the left mouse button is interact. We find out the Daleks attacked from the sky, the Doctor works out none of this is supposed to happen, obviously in 1963 the Daleks didn't conquer the Earth. Um, so you play a little mini stealth game, which I, I quite like the stealth elements of this. It's the most basic stealth game you could imagine, where you have the little cones of vision, you've just got to stay out of them. 
but I think it worked well. Um, I don't know whether it's canon or not that the Daleks can only see about six foot in front of their face. Um, but yeah, for the mechanics of this game, you've got to remember it's probably aimed at children. Worked pretty well. Uh, there was a little rewiring game um, that I probably found more difficult than I should. It took me a couple of goes to work that one out. Uh, Sylvia gets killed and Amy starts to have a funny turn. Uh, we go to Scarrow, we're going to tackle the Daleks head on. And this is where we get my least favourite part of this game. So whenever you steal something to, you know, create something new, there's various different MacGuffins throughout that the Doctor needs to put together. And you put them together by playing this game where you have to guide it through a maze, but if you touch the walls, you have to start again. And the first one took me a few goes. Um, the second one infuriated me to the point I had to have a little break and stop playing and the third one I, I I genuinely considered scrapping playing the game at that point it, it was impossible um, I did find out that you can turn the mouse sensitivity right down and it becomes a lot easier uh, I seem to have had it fairly high and every time I clicked on one of these objects it just flew across the screen and I had to restart the whole thing. So just a little cheat. If you are going to play these, make sure you've got your mouse sensitivity down to a minimum. Uh, Amy starts disappearing like Marty McFly. We find out that's because this is a paradox. If the Daleks did take over the world in the 60s, she was never born. So we're going to build a Chronon blocker. And this is the point where the controls drove me absolutely up the wall and I just found out you can just use any old controller so I just plugged an Xbox controller into my PC just worked absolutely fine um, it controls like all action games did in 2010 you know it's basically a little bit like Tomb Raider but with the Doctor you know if you played one third person adventure game you've played them all and this very much fits that 2010 mould uh, so we go off to meet the Dalek Emperor, and we jump into the Eye of Time. That takes us back in time before the Daleks had used the Eye of Time to take on planet Earth. So you're there before they arrive and you set traps for them. Um, it took me absolutely ages to solve this puzzle because you needed to pick up a tiny piece of wire that, for whatever reason, didn't highlight when I ran past it the first 20 times. Um, it keeps saying put the metal in the acid, I just kept clicking on the metal and nothing happened. Turned out you needed to connect it with the wire. From there we get a new enemy in the game. We have the Varga plants that are a bit like Venus flytraps except they eat people. Um, as Amy's fading away she kind of becomes immune to them. So she phases in and out and when she phases out you can walk straight past them. Uh, the little bit where you play as Amy is quite good. Um, that's pretty much the end of the game. This is the point where I worked out you needed to turn the mouse sensitivity right down. And ultimately, you use the Eye of Time. You blow up all the Daleks before they arrive so they can't take over Earth in the 60s. Everything's okay. Uh, you see Sylvia having a little chat on the phone to her mum, so she's all alright. And then they just fly off to go see the Beatles. So... Nowhere near as bad as I thought it was going to be. Um, 
not perfect by any stretch. I like the fact that it had the real voice actors. It even had Nicholas Briggs doing the Daleks. Um, I thought the controls, once I'd worked out you could use a pad, were okay. Uh, quite infuriating using the mouse, especially for those maze puzzles. But on the whole, you know, you, over time I was able to work with it. So yeah, not not too bad at all. Nice little game. Um, if I was a Doctor Who fan at the time, I'd have been pretty impressed with this. Obviously, the graphics haven't aged that well. Um, the lens looks like it's got Vaseline smeared all over it. Um, Amy Pond looks, I don't know, like a pink blob with a ginger wig on it. But not too bad at all. So, next up... I'm going to play Chapter 2, Blood of the Cybermen. Again, written by Phil Ford. This one was from the 26th of June, 2010. Um, so, I'll give that a play, and I'll be back with my thoughts shortly. Okay, so it's been a few days since playing through City of the Daleks. Um, I think that was the Sunday... It's now Thursday evening. I'm about to sit down to play Blood of the Cybermen. Um, since then, David and I have sat down and recorded our review of Praxius. Um, just to give you a bit of time scale as to when I'm playing these games. Uh, I have been thinking this week about the adventure games. I am slightly worried. Episode 2, Blood of the Cybermen, is going to be exactly the same as Episode 1. Um, but here we go, we'll give it a chance. I had put a message out on our Twitter that I will be playing this game on Discord, so hopefully some of the listeners and people around our various Doctor Who podcast community will be there to join in and lend a bit of moral support. So I will return shortly once I have played through, and I've totally forgotten the name, Blood of the Cybermen. Right, so that was Blood of the Cybermen. First of all, a big thank you to Harry from Who Can Convince You and former enemy of the pod, Jacobus X, for joining me on Discord whilst I played that. It was nice to have your company, gentlemen. Nice to have people to chat to. So... Let's talk through this episode. One month ago, there was a dig at the North Pole. Uh, we meet the character of Chisholm, who finds something buried, and it's a Cyberman arm. Now, you would think that the Cybermen play a big role in this this episode. They're, they're, they're barely in it. Uh, there's some that walk about for a bit, and there's a couple at the end, but... Barely in it. And when they are, they're exactly the same as the Daleks from the last episode. So they walk backwards and forwards, they've got a cone of vision, you've got to stay out of it and use stealth to bypass them. Um, this this time round, the Doctor and Amy are discussing Elvis. So we had the Beatles last time, Elvis this time, when they receive an SOS beacon from the base where Chisholm's dig is happening. Um... <laughs> They, they use the word skidoo too much. Okay. So they could say snowmobile, but they insist on saying skidoo. 
which is a brand of snowmobile. Um, I don't know, it's just a bit weird that they just keep saying it. Skidoo, skidoo, skidoo. Uh, you get a near impossible puzzle where you have to get some water for Chisholm to wake him up and revive him. I only found that water by walking the perimeter of the level and then one bit of wall randomly illuminates where there's a tiny trickle of water. If you didn't do that, I have no idea how you would ever solve that puzzle. Then we have a sliding puzzle where we've got to move a little bit of ice. And I can't remember if it's here or just before or just after. Uh, there's a bit where Amy comments about the ice and says, Oh, be careful, I'm wearing high heels. It zooms out, you see a character model, perfectly flat shoes. Um, Chisholm is scared of the base and then in my notes I put this is the point where Harry from Who Can Convince You did join me. Uh, so you run around the Arctic base for a bit. Uh, there's some cyber mats. Um, they're converting people and they're making what's called cyber slaves in the hope that they will dig out the cybermen that have been buried in the snow and ice for thousands of years. Uh, we get I can't remember if it's this bit, but there's a little puzzle where one of these cyber slaves is chasing you and you have to vent them with steam and it's really, really easy. Then you get the worst part of this episode. Last time I complained about the maze puzzle. Here you have this synthesis puzzle where you've got to rotate certain dials so these circles change colour. And you have to have a certain ratio. It'll say have more blue than orange, but less orange than green or something like that. And it just took me too long to work out the controls. And I passed most of these by absolute fluke. Uh, Chisholm becomes part Cyberman. And there's a little puzzle with some lifts. Weirdly, you tell Amy to go up in the lift. So she can go look and operate another lift to take you up. Why they couldn't use the same elevator, I don't know. It's not as if the Doctor doesn't have a magic wand that could have controlled it from distance. So you play about on the lifts for a while and you meet the head of the Cybermen. Um, it's converted Chisholm's friend Meadows, another person from his dig into a horrible Cyberman woman hybrid horrible thing and there's like the Cyber Commander and we see that all the Cybermen are heading towards what's called Fort Cecil. Eventually as the Doctor has to make a sacrifice he's going to lose Amy to prevent the oncoming Cyberman but Chisholm reappears cured of Cyber Conversion uh, he shoots the Cyber Commander, I believe it is. And after a little bit of running about, you just blow up the base behind you. So, I, I think compared to episode one, this was not just a little bit boring, but also a little bit worse. Um, I don't know, if I'd have played this first, I might have preferred it, but there's a lot of repeat puzzles a lot of a lot of the same really and it just didn't have the excitement of episode one so i'm going to rank episode one city of the daleks above episode two blood of the cyberman now next time 
Um, not sure when that is. Could be this weekend that I do a little record. It could be at some point next week. We're going to have a go at episode 3 named TARDIS. Okay, so that's from the 27th of August uh, 2010. And this time it's written by James Moran rather than Phil Ford. Phil Ford's writing the first two episodes. Then we have James Moran for episode three. We're going back to Phil Ford for episode four. Interestingly, James Moran is a Doctor Who writer I'm familiar with. He wrote The Fires of Pompeii, um, as well as contributing to Torchwood. So it'll be interesting to see if the quality of the story improves with episode three. So I'll be back after a little, little while with my thoughts. Okay, so it's now the following Saturday, um, I think I last played on Thursday, and I'm about to sit down to play episode 3 of the Doctor Who adventure game, TARDIS. I am slightly concerned this is just going to be the same as the other two episodes. Um, I bet there'll probably be a little bit of stealthy stealthy going on, and probably some sort of geometric puzzle that will be infuriatingly difficult yet ridiculously simple. So I'm going to give that a quick play now and I'll be back within an hour or so. Well, 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 I am surprised. I've just completed episode 3 of the Doctor Who adventure game called TARDIS and there was no stealth sections. Um, it's the only one so far that hasn't had any. Thankfully, it does recycle a lot from the first two episodes, but I'll get to that in a moment. So the plot begins with the Doctor and Amy in the wrong time vortex. Uh, I don't really know what this means, other than it causes the Doctor to fall out of the TARDIS. We have to play a game of charades to work out what it is he's trying to tell us, and... When we're looking for bits and bobs to build a tractor beam to pull him back in, we get to see the TARDIS drawing room. Now, I don't know if that's ever been shown on screen, but it was nice to see a bit behind the scenes in the TARDIS. Uh, lots of Easter eggs and hints and clues to former Doctors, old episodes, and even this game series itself. So, whilst we're running around there as Amy, there's a little quake and a vase breaks where some yellowy red energy shoots out and goes up the chimney. The wiring puzzles from the earlier episodes are back, always good to have them. And when you complete it, the cloister bell alarm system goes off. The entity escapes and in order to track him, you have to use the Chronon Blocker from Episode 1. So good little nod back to this game series. Of course that means you have to do some of those great maze puzzles. Um, infuriatingly you have to do two. Again, took me more tries than I'm proud to admit to get those done. Uh, you then have the Beacon from Episode 2. You do the wave puzzle that you did in Blood of the Cybermen. And the entity begins to attack Amy. Now, in order to use the 
TARDIS systems, you have to prove that you are Amy through completing a Doctor Who trivia quiz. Now, I had a quick go at this, and I think it took me maybe two goes. I think there was one difficult question I didn't quite get. Um, but all the answers are in the TARDIS drawing room. So, I think it asks you who knits uh, Tom Baker's scarf, and it's hanging up in the drawing room. You click on it, and it tells you. Is it Madame Nosferatu? So that was quite nice, a bit different. For, we haven't seen that in the other episodes. Uh, the entity wants to eat them until the Doctor just shouts at him and he goes away. He starts complying with all the Doctor's requests just because the Doctor shouts quite loud. Um, so the entity lets them go and the Doctor throws it out into the time vortex to feed on chronomites, which are little leech-like creatures that are tickling the Doctor at the start of this episode. Then we get quite a nice puzzle where you have to pilot the TARDIS. You have 60 seconds to make sure that you are pulling a sequence of levers and buttons and what have you in the right order. That was quite good fun. Uh, like I say, you have 60 seconds, so there's a bit of pressure, a bit of stress there. And then you eventually fly the TARDIS to London after the flood of the 23rd century. So it's going to be a nice relaxing break for Amy and the Doctor except there's a huge shark swimming about. So I'm assuming that's going to lead us into episode 4. That episode is called The Shadow of the Vashta Narada. Uh, so it's good to get back to them. I don't think we've seen them since Silence in the Library, Forest of the Dead. So it'd be good to, you know, give a little playthrough of that. So that episode, again, written by Phil Ford, who wrote episode one and two, from the 22nd of December, 2010. Now, interestingly, there is a fifth episode to this game series, uh, The Gunpowder Plot. I'm going to try and get hold of that. That isn't in the bundle that I managed to download from this perfectly legal website. If I can get hold of that, It'll be tagged on the end of this episode. If I can't, uh, the next one I'm going to play Shadow of the Vashta Narada will be the last episode. So hopefully I'll be back with you again soon to let you know how I've got on. Okay, so it's been a week or so since I last played any of the Doctor Who adventure games. I am going to sit down and play Shadows of the Vashta Narada in a moment but the really good news ladies and gentlemen is I have secured a copy of season two uh, one episode the gunpowder plot I know that might have been a bit of a worry for some of you so don't panic I've got that it's all installed ready to go so we will be playing the full series of the Doctor Who adventure game okay but I'll be back in a moment with my thoughts on shadows of the Vashti Narada So, I have now completed Season 1 of the Doctor Who Adventure Video Games, having completed Shadows of the Vashta Narada. Um, probably the best one so far. Definitely more variations in the puzzles, we'll get to that. There's four or five different ones, I think. Um, the plot doesn't make a lick of sense, the Vashta Narada are barely in it. 
Um, but yeah, like I say, probably my favourite so far. So we begin by trying to escape the big shark from last episode. And would you believe it, it destroys the tunnel back to the TARDIS. So we are at Poseidon 8, a subaquatic community when humanity begins living on the base of the ocean. We meet Martin Flanagan, who is a survivor. However, Poseidon 8 is in quarantine. There's the sickness that's taking over. And at first I thought, is that the Vashta Narada? No, it isn't. Okay, so we find Poseidon 8 is run by a computer named Jones, who the Doctor outsmarts. And there's a little bit here, I've just made a note, where I think the Doctor is needed to run in a curved line, but the character model's incapable of that. So he zigzags round and runs about four times the distance. Uh, we find out it's Christmas, and the sickness kills people's red blood cells. So all the lights turn off, and the Vashta Narada just kill Flanagan. And everyone seems really cool about that. No one seems that perplexed by this horrific sight in front of them. So we have to go fix a generator and there's a little light puzzle that I thought was quite good here where you had to stop two lines within a certain area. We previously had a number puzzle where you just had to repeat a sequence of numbers. Uh, then, once we're trying to trap some of the skeletons that the Vashti Narada have made, there's a little box puzzle. So, quite a lot of variety that we're not used to in this episode. There's a light puzzle where you have to run in sequence with the lights to make sure you're not caught in darkness. Um, and ultimately, we start looking for ingredients for a cure to the sickness. Um, there's a lot of talk of radiation from a shipwreck and as if from nowhere the captain or the head of Poseidon 8 just pulls a gun. So we run away and all this time there's been a secret tunnel that could have got us to the TARDIS. Um, you do a little bit of stealth, a little stealth puzzle. Exactly the same stealth mechanic as we've seen with the Daleks and the Cybermen. But this time you have to get them to chase you and you pump them out of the underwater community. Finally, you get to like a big reactor, you blow away the shark and everyone sits down for Christmas dinner. Now I thought the Doctor didn't do Christmas dinner. I thought he didn't do Christmas. I thought that was a big plot point in an episode I'd seen. But maybe I'm wrong. Um, so that's it. That's season one completed. Uh, one episode to go. I'm going to play the well, the first and only episode of season two, The Gunpowder Plot. So, I've worked out why there's only one episode of season two. It's because it's as big as all the other episodes combined. Um, I've just sat and played for an hour or so. And when I did a quick Google search, it says the game's roughly three hours long compared to all the other episodes, which are about an hour each. Um, so by my calculation, I'm probably about halfway through. I'm probably going to have to break this one up into a couple of sittings. Um, so I'm recording this after David and I discussed the haunting of Villa 
Diodati, in which I think I say I haven't touched this game uh, for a while. So I'm giving it a good go. I should probably mention this episode is also written by Phil Ford, who we've talked about a little bit previously, and is from the 31st of October 2011. So very close to Bonfire Night, very close to the Guy Fawkes gunpowder plot relevance. Um, and it was released on the 31st of October 2011. So best part of a year since the last episode was released. Um, we open with the Doctor fixing the TARDIS and the great news for Series 2 is Rory's here. Though it's a very, very bad character model. He's got weird eyes, like looks like he's got eyeliner on, just not good, not good. Uh, so Rory and Amy were taking a Chinese takeaway from the Lao Dynasty when the TARDIS collided with another spaceship. There's a weird portal on the TARDIS now and for some reason Rory just throws the sonic screwdriver through it. Um, there's the weird lesion game where you have to tie various symbols together in a certain order. Uh, it took me a bit of getting used to. And ultimately we arrive in 1605 where there's another portal and we overhear some plotters. Um, we do the same stealth we've been doing this whole time. Every game has the same stealth mechanic. Uh, this game has it twice with different enemies. One when it's uh, people plotting the gunpowder beneath Parliament and one when it's the Sontarans when they're revealed later on. Um, you spot Guy Fawkes and there's a lovely little puzzle where you plant prong crackers on a guy so rats come and attack him and he moves away from a door. Then you find an alien, the Rutan. I don't even know if that's a real... Doctor Who alien or if it's just been created for this but you fight that with the sonic screwdriver uh, you spend far too long or at least I did trying to solve this weird flower puzzle where there's someone who's scared of the plague and somehow you're able to deduce that there's one of the characters makes salves and healing potions so you have to go get the flowers took me absolutely ages to work that out. I probably would have finished the game by now if I wasn't uh, running around for half an hour sorting that. Um, there's more lesion puzzles and ultimately the Sontarans do emerge. They're at war with the Rutans, as I've said earlier. Uh, but then finally you get the gunpowder plot piece of paper with all the instructions on. You take it back to the TARDIS drawing room and reveal the plot with invisible ink. So, so far so good. Um, hopefully it won't be too long till I sit down to review the second half. Right, so what's done is done. I have now completed every episode of the Doctor Who adventure game. So the second half of Gunpowder Plot opens with the Doctor meeting Catesby, Guy Fawkes, Thomas Percy and you have to conduct a number of tasks for them. Uh, you're then invited to the plotters meeting and whilst Rory is looking for the Rutans, he finally, finally 
gain the ability to knock out people during the stealth sections. So five games later, you can finally take care of people during the stealth missions, knock them out, and you don't have to sneak past them. So you gain a slingshot. We then find that the Rutans need the explosion of the gunpowder pot to jumpstart their ship. So you do a little fishing puzzle whilst you're looking for one of these weird power rods to shoot their ship into orbit so you don't need the explosion. Uh, you then get a little bit of a Rutan Sontaran confrontation. And ultimately, when the gunpowder does explode, it shoots Parliament into space. If only for a millisecond, it's sort of time-locked out the way whilst we can fix all of this. As the Rutans are looking for a lost doomsday weapon. The plot is all over the place for this. There's no, no excuse. <laughs> it's absolute chaos. So Charlie, one of the street urchins from earlier, has stolen it. Uh, Rory builds a gun that can knock out the Rutans. You save the device, disable it. Um, there's one in like the ceremonial mace of the king. So you now have two. And ultimately, during the final Sontaran Rutan confrontation, the Doctor gives one to each race. Now, one is wired up to destroy all the Sontarans, one's wired up to destroy all the Rutans. So ultimately, they're rendered useless, you can't use them, as you might be destroying your own race. Um, so, yeah, it, it was an okay conclusion. It was so long, it felt like it went on forever. And some of the puzzles are just near impossible. There's one where you need to find a trigger for a weapon that Rory's carrying it. On the table, there's an old musket, so you know you have to take the trigger out of that. However, what it doesn't tell you is you need some grease to lubricate removing the trigger. Um, so, yeah, the puzzles are absolutely nonsensical. So, if I were to rank these episodes, um, I think I might go episode 4, maybe the best. Then, episode 1, no, maybe episode 4, then this one, episode 1, episode 2, episode 3. Um, but yeah, worth worth a look. Um, certainly glad I gave them a little go. Um, probably could have stopped after the first one. If someone had told me that they were all near identical, um, I probably would have done. So that is the Doctor Who Adventure Games. Um, hopefully, if this releases when planned, you've also heard our review of The Haunting of Villa Diodati. And I can't remember the next episode. Is it Ascension of the Cybermen? Something like that. Okay. So, thank you for listening. And as David would always say, cheerio. Bye now. Thank you for listening to Neither the Time Nor the Space. If you wish to contact us, our email address is timenorspacepod at gmail.com and on Twitter we are at timenorspacepod. 
and thank you to Alexander Urban for his smashing arrangement of the Doctor Who theme. <laughs>